0: I mean, Peter, he's even stiffing the arbitration firm that is handling the arbitration of the people who Elon fired from Twitter, and he's being sued by people who he promised bonuses to after the first quarter of 2023 that he didn't pay. It must be just a nightmare to work there.
1: the powers that be daily pucks podcast focused on the intersection of wall street washington silicon valley and hollywood and the players who run it all i'm peter hamby it's Wednesday, July 5th. Today, I'm talking to Bill Cohan about the latest chaos at Twitter. Over the holiday weekend, the platform stopped working for millions of users and owner Elon Musk said he would limit the amount of tweets that users can see. But as Bill explains, the company's problems aren't just technical. As the platform plummets in value, Musk is refusing to pay back multiple vendors millions of dollars. And now some on Wall Street are asking, is Elon trying to drive Twitter into bankruptcy? Bill is here to dig into the theories. We'll discuss all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. This podcast is proudly supported by Netflix, presenting The Gentleman. fifth of July, everybody. Hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. I hope everyone still has all 10 fingers and you enjoyed lots of sunshine and beers wherever you are. I'm joined today by Bill Cohan to talk about something else that went down over the 4th of July holiday, which is basically just Twitter, (laughs) the whole thing. Only partly, I should say. Elon Musk started to limit the number of tweets that people could view, saying that rate limits were being exceeded. Uh, Everyone was getting this error message. He said that there was too much scraping of their back end going on and it was like hurting the platform. Everyone on Twitter was making fun of Elon yet again. Like, dude, you're really messing this up here. Bill, I want to talk to you about that a little bit, but I also want to talk to you about a piece you posted a few days ago on Puck about something else going on behind the scenes that's troublesome for Twitter, which is the fact that Elon's Twitter, at least, owes so many people money. Vendors, they just had to pay back Google for their cloud services. PR firm, lawyers. (laughs) What's going on here? Like, why can't Elon Musk just pay people back? And who does he owe money to?
0: Well, he also owes money apparently to Oracle, which of course is Larry Ellison's firm. And and Larry Ellison is like the third largest investor in Twitter. He invested a billion dollars in Elon's Twitter uh, buyout, which, you know, it's incredible to me that Elon would stiff one of his, uh, I mean, maybe it shouldn't be, one of his uh, partners in the Twitter deal. It's also not clear because, you know, one of the theories about, you know, what happened with the, you know, the rate limit Mm -hmm. controversy, Peter, is that actually Elon did not pay the Google cloud bill and the service expired like on June 30th. So that's why there were all those, uh, you know, problems with viewing tweets or whatever you know i had written that his new ceo actually had paid the bill so i mean i don't know what the hell's going on why he chooses not to pay these Why you know why the world's richest man won't pay bills that are essentially chump change and requiring and eventually the you know getting sued by his vendors uh is absolutely uh, extraordinary to me you know, unless I posited the theory that he's sort of trying to drive this thing, you know, into bankruptcy, so then he can buy, you know, all of his creditors out at pennies on the dollar, which of course would be pretty smart from a financial point of view, but just a total disaster from a business point of view. But you know, Elon could be cooking some some sort of corduroy like that up.
1: Your puck piece calls it the Elon Twitter debt Vulcan chess theory. How would this work? Like this seems like such a bank shot. For him, he could drive this thing into bankruptcy, theoretically buy it for cheap again, I guess. But there's also the distinct possibility that someone else buys it. And then Elon Musk spent 40 some billion dollars for something he doesn't owe anymore. Is this is this a realistic
0: strategy or did you just make this up? (laughs) It is. It is a realistic strategy. I didn't just make it up, although. I brought it to the forefront or to a (laughs) front. I don't know if it's the forefront. Look, three creditors can get together who have not been uh, paid and uh, and who have legitimate claims and file an involuntary bankruptcy against a company. And by not paying so many vendors and creditors of the company, he risks that happening. I mean, and now he's like in lawsuits with any number of them. And so you have to ask yourself, why is the world's richest man doing that, Peter? Why is somebody worth two hundred thirty billion dollars not paying the eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar bill of a PR firm that uh, the pre-Elon Twitter uh, hired for PR advice during the battle with Elon? Now maybe he's just making a point to Joel Frank, uh, the PR person, uh, you know, about this is what happens if you represent. Twitter before I own it. I, I don't know. You know, it's just insane. The the only thing that really makes any logical sense is he's got, thir- you know, there's $13 billion of debt on this thing that he uh, incurred mm-hmm. to help buy this company. Remember, he, he bought it, as you said, for $44 billion. There was $31 billion of equity, 24 of it from Elon, $7 billion from his partners, $1 billion of which was Larry Ellison. And 13 billion of it he borrowed from a bunch of Wall Street banks. So even if Twitter had a billion dollars of EBITDA, which it definitely does not anymore, uh, that would be a very, very highly leveraged buyout. Uh, You know, it's probably well over 13 times uh, leveraged because it does not have 1 billion of EBITDA. So that debt which is still owned by the banks and which should have been syndicated long ago but they don't want to perfect a loss or the fed hasn't forced them yet to perfect a loss so that you know maybe that debt would trade for 50 cents on the dollar maybe less at this point especially after the limit the fiasco that just occurred the other day with the 600 tweet limit so if in fact Elon is all about driving down, you know, making everybody think this thing is a total disaster, so the value of that debt continues to plummet, then if he were to be the one to buy it for whatever, 30 cents on the dollar, say, then, uh, you know, which is 30 cents on 13 billion is, you know, a pretty... Attractive. That's like four billion dollars for something that that's got a face amount of thirteen billion, and he he retires that debt, then that debt goes away. He's only paid like four billion for it, and then he doesn't have to worry about paying interest on it, which has been average, you know, averaging like one point two billion a year. He's paid two interest payments so far. He's got another one in September. So, I mean, if you're really sort of being contrarian Machiavellian about this, you, know, you drive the price the value continue to drive the value down. It's a private company, uh, so you know, he's the biggest shareholder, so what does he care? The vendors get stiff. Banks get worried that he's not gonna pay them either, even though he's paid them two interest payments. They sell to him for thirty cents on the dollar. He retires all that debt at four billion when it's got a face amount of thirteen billion. That debt disappears. He doesn't have to worry about debt anymore. He doesn't have to worry about interest payments anymore you know, he could even throw it in. He let them file an involuntary bankruptcy. He could buy out all those other creditors at pennies on the dollar. He could just eliminate all creditors, all all <laughs> people, all vendors, everybody who's owed money by him for pennies on the dollar and just not, not pay them uh, anything and keep control of the company. So that's one possible scenario. That is if he was, you know, being really Machiavellian about this he could definitely be thinking about that I mean you know if he would listen to advice instead of delivering people a poop emoji um then you know I certainly would advise him to do something like that at this point I mean given the way he's trashed the place on the other hand if he doesn't buy the debt and Mm -hmm. he continues to trash talk it and you know it does in fact sell for 30 cents on the dollar and Uh, a distressed bond investor buys it, like Apollo, or Double Line, or, you know, Oak Tree, or any of these other guys who are really, really good at this stuff, they buy it for 30 cents on the dollar, then they can get control of the company. And literally, he would end up having paid, you know, $44 billion and not control the company. So, you know, he's playing a very, very dangerous game at this point, whether he realizes it or not. And he's not stupid, so I can't believe he doesn't realize it.
1: Yeah, it's 19-dimensional chess, clearly.
0: I want to take a quick break, Bill, and when we come back, I want to ask you
1: about whether this habit of stiffing his creditors could blow back on any of Elon's other companies. This podcast is proudly supported by Netflix, presenting the new series, The Gentleman. Theo James, Kaya Scodelario, and Daniel Ings star in what the playlist calls an entertaining crime comedy filled with style, panache, and laughs. The Evening Standard raves, The Gentleman is peak Guy Ritchie, impossible not to love. Now available only on Netflix. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Welcome back to the Powers of Be, everybody. I'm talking Twitter, Bill Cohan, of course. Bill, I think Fidelity released a a note in back in May that said Twitter is only worth about 33% of what <laughs> Musk bought it for. That was May. It's July. More batch rates have been exceeded since then. What do you think Twitter's worth right now?
0: Oh, the equ- The equity, I mean, Fidelity is just being more aggressive than other uh, equity investors in this uh, deal probably because they have to be at least you know mark to market the equity in at least one of their funds they mark to market a small amount of their overall equity position but you know that you can just extrapolate from there but in fact the equity here is worth zero peter because if the debt is trading below 100 cents on the dollar which clearly it would be if it even traded then the equity is worthless. That's like the definition of how a capital structure works. So, you know, if the creditors aren't going to get 100 cents on the dollar, and clearly, you know, the bank, the Wall Street banks that own this debt, Mm -hmm. you know, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Barclays, they're, you know, they're going to get 50 cents on the dollar at best here, then the equity is worthless. So, you know, the fact that a fidelity has marked it down two thirds is nice. That's very nice. But unfortunately, uh, they've got another third to go.
1: So, does Elon Musk have a history of just not paying people, not paying the bills here? Because he does own all these other big companies Tesla, SpaceX, Starlink. Yeah, is he I mean, right. Apparently,
0: I mean, he's, he's, he's did the same thing uh, with Tesla at various points along the way. I, I doubt he's doing that at the moment, but um, at various points in the way along the way, when it was dicey uh, financially and economically at Tesla, he did do similar things like that. Uh, obviously, Solar City, which Tesla bought, was on the verge of bankruptcy when uh, he bought it. Uh, I guess that was you know, when a family member was one of the equity investors uh, there rescuing that family member, you know, and then somehow mm-hmm. arguing that there was a marriage between solar panels and electric cars, although there aren't any solar panels in the electric cars that I know of at the moment. Look, I mean, you know, in a world that isn't as topsy-turvy as the one we live in now, people like, you know, Donald Trump, whose companies went bankrupt, you know, five times or so, maybe more, uh, you know, he's able still to borrow money, you um, Uh, although less and less at the moment. But, you know, even after his companies went bankrupt, he was able to borrow money. Tesla and SpaceX, Starlink. I mean, these are companies that have huge capital needs and huge capital requirements. If he gets a reputation as a a debtor that stiffs creditors, then I don't see how he's going to be able to borrow money. I mean, at least in a world where there's fairness and accountability uh, and equality, he would not be able to continue to borrow money, which would be extremely detrimental to him. But as Donald Trump proved, uh, you know for some reason there are some uh, people who the rules don't apply to.
1: I want to ask you one more thing on this topic of running Twitter. He has a new CEO over there, Linda Yacarino and, and as you write, she was the one who sort of went over to Google and was like, here let me write you this check for the cloud services. Uh, she used to be at NBC Universal. She's a media executive, an ad salesperson, you know, when she was hired, I think actually Dylan Byers broke the story, you know, the term well-respected is is in front of her name. How do you think she's doing as CEO? I mean, this is a tech company. Yes, they are funded by ads. So you need a, an ads person in there, perhaps. But a lot of tech companies aren't run by salespeople. And he's clearly not like hands off. I'm just curious, like what the buzz is around her and whether... How much she's in charge, what her responsibilities are, and like what Wall Street thinks of her tenure so far.
0: Well, you know, our friend of Puck, you know, Kara Swisher, thinks uh, very highly of Linda Yacarino. So, therefore, I'm inclined to think very highly of her. But I, uh, boy, I wouldn't want that job, not for all the money, you know, in the world. Uh, <laughs> you know, can you imagine having Elon Musk as your boss? And of course, that's that is her boss, Elon Musk. He is the boss, and you know I'm sure he's not hands off, as you said. I'm you know he's he's hands on. He's who knows what he's doing behind the scenes, and you know in front of the camera, he's tweeting all the time, and you know making I'm sure making her life uh, quite difficult. So uh, I mean, I understand the desire to be CEO. I understand the desire, you know, when she was passed over or not selected to be. CEO of, of NBC, you know, universal, you know, that she felt, you know, that she had been, you know, slighted. Uh, I get I totally get that. And that would cause her to want to leave and take the, I mean, it's certainly high profile or higher profile. I mean, it, you know, people talk about it. People talk about her. I mean, so, I mean, maybe she's into that, but uh, I can't imagine working for Elon Musk and how, how awful that must be on a daily basis, no matter what she's getting paid.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been said that a lot of people who still work there might only be in the job because they have, you know, they're from overseas and they have certain work visa that they need to stay there. But man, it does not sound fun to work at. I Twitter. mean, Peter,
0: he's even stiffing the arbitration firm that is handling the arbitration of the people who Elon fired from Twitter, so they can't even process their arbitrations. And he's being sued by people who he promised bonuses to. Uh, after the first quarter of 2023 that he didn't pay. It must be just a nightmare to work there.
1: It's also wild. I've talked to you about this before, but like how does the guy have the time? Like you have deal all like lawsuits, overdue bills. You're running multiple companies. You have like six kids. <laughs> it's like you're Nine doing like publicity. Kids. Yeah, it's just like um, why? How, how, do you do it? how do you do it? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Bill, thank you so much. I hope you had a good holiday.
0: Enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you. Take care, buddy.
1: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow.